There's Lemieux. The center penalty coming up. Look at Lemieux. Oh, hello there, hockey fans. How are you doing today? It's Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. We're back with another new episode. It's uh, Monday, May 30th. This is season four, episode 23, an episode we're calling The Ganey after Bob Ganey, Montreal Canadian legend. It's co host Tom here with you. And as always, I've got my co host Randy, a good buddy over there. Randy, how are you doing today? I cannot complain. Uh, Monday morning hockey uh, has come to an end. My last skate was this morning, and I can tell you it's the best way to start a week. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I wasn't able to join you on any of those. Uh, my my desk jockey, nine to five jobs kind of got in the way of that. But I did on the holiday Monday make an attempt uh, at least and uh, brought my toddler out, and she just loved watching you guys fly out there so uh that was a good time um she was she was pretty pleased about all that but uh randy i uh, i noticed that you're basically um you're taping up the knob of your stick there and it looks like you got quite the system going uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what's happening there with that tj as it were Oh, like, should I like divulge my, my secrets here or what's going on? I mean, the listeners want to know. Okay. Well, uh, well, also, honestly, this is kind of funny that you ask. Um, yesterday I actually was looking into, you can get like these grips for your hockey stick that you just kind of slide on. Yeah. And you don't have to use hockey tape. Like it's a bit of a wasteful sport, I guess you could say with all the you know, sock tape and stick tape and whatever. So I, I ordered one of those. I'll see how that, uh, how that works once it arrives, but, um, no, for, for taping the top, the handle, the grip, if you will. Um, I tend to run three pieces of tape down each side of the stick and then I wrap it. And what that does is it creates more of a circular grip instead of, being so square it's kind of like a padded grip if you will and gotcha. that's what i do and i'd go i go white because the the uh urban legend that black tape eats your gloves or whatever right i'm not sure if that's true or not but it, it's something i feel that, like <laughs> i feel like all tape does yeah. <laughs> it's like no eventually, matter what eventually your, your glove, yeah your gloves just get thrashed uh yeah. that's just the way it goes but uh yeah. no yeah I, that's you know i used to do like the unwrap the, the tape all the way and then spin it and then make like oh, yeah, the little, the little... Sydney Crosby little, you know, screwdriver looking thing. I don't know. Yeah. But also yeah, when you're funny. not scoring, then you got to change it up. And <laughs> it's funny. Um, you know, some people go for the, for a, a large sort of knob at the end to hold their hand from sliding up over the end of the stick. Some people, myself included, kind of a smaller one uh because then sometimes my hand ends up going 
uh, on the end of the stick, like uh, claw style in a way. And I don't yeah. really know why I do that, but I definitely do it because the hole in my glove definitely, you know, <laughs> would that. Uh, prove that or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, and, and then I, what I end up doing too, is I, um, I tape down the shaft. I wouldn't say like really far, but like fairly far, like definitely more than my glove. Cause I think I must, move my hand up and down quite a bit on the end of the stick for taking face-offs and that kind of thing as well so um yeah it's uh, definitely you know like every player's got their own little uh way to do their stick which you only figure out through trial and error i think so yes and some guys like their grip goes like all the way like to halfway down their stick like chris yeah. Lepang, his yeah. his grip goes all the way like like Obviously, tape the tape budget is no concern for, for Mr. Yeah. Latang. That's right. Yeah. And if he's doing that like every other game, like I can't imagine how many rolls of tape a team goes through. Uh, yeah. But yeah. It's 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 actually neat because everyone's got their own little secrets and your tips and however they you know what feels good and what feels weird and all that stuff. Yeah, that's not even to mention the blade of the stick. So we we won't even get into that, but. Uh... Yeah, let's talk a little bit of Bob Ganey here. Bob, of course, um, he's going to be uh, turning 70 years old this year, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And um, he was the eighth overall pick of the Montreal Canadiens in 1973. Um, and he had himself a pretty nice career. He's a Hall of Famer. Uh, he's a five-time Stanley Cup winner. He's a four-time Selkie Trophy winner. And he won the Conn Smythe in 1978-79. And he wore number 23 for the Montreal Canadiens his entire career, which, uh, you know, was 16 years, uh, 1,160 regular season games. He's a left winger and uh, finished with 501 points. And you say, well, those aren't like insane numbers. How do you end up in the Hall of Fame, you know, with, with um, you know, 239 goals and 1,000 160 games but I think it was those four Selkie trophies that really cemented his place in the Hall of Fame and of course the the Conn Smythe trophy that he he got uh the year what year did I say that was 78 79 yeah um and that was uh Montreal had a, a string of Stanley Cup wins you know in the uh, what was that the late 70s or something like nobody could beat them um and I think one of the best teams ever was would Ganey would have been on that. The Montreal Canadiens, they had over, it was like an 80 game season or something. And they had, I think they only had eight losses, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, the, the Habs won four cups in a row in the late seventies there. So, um, you know, Ganey um, in his Conn Smythe, year uh 16 playoff games six goals 10 assists for 16 points so um i don't know did they sweep their way to the stanley cup with 16 games or he in might those have been days, injured I, I guess too well maybe. i think in those days uh there were five game series to oh, yeah uh, the first round was i best yeah, five i think yeah. shorter or something yeah. so Anyway, either way, but, uh, still still a point per game in the playoffs, not too yeah, shabby. Yeah, yeah. And uh <clears throat> his plus minus over the, his entire career was plus two hundred one. So he was 
kind of always on the right side of the uh, the score sheet there, um, which you know as a he was deployed kind of as a defensive forward, so he was you know in a lot of tough situations, I'm sure. And so you come out with a plus two hundred one at the end of the day. That's that's not too shabby at all. So um, Ganey, of course, <clears throat> is from Peterborough, Ontario. Played for the Peets of the OHL uh, before getting drafted to the NHL. And uh, I think after he retired from the game, he has some sort of role with the Peets. Like, I don't know if he's like a part owner or something, but he's got his hands in the Peets a little bit, or he did at one point. He was also served as a GM and head coach of Montreal. but he was also actually coach of Dallas and Minnesota. I forgot about that. Yeah. Minnesota, the year they went to the final against Pittsburgh. That's right. He was the coach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, so he only coached, you know, he coached uh, one, two, three, eight years uh, in the NHL. Um, uh, but he did, <coughs> I think he did manage the canadians wasn't he i i don't recall yeah, it doesn't like list was... general manager position on a hockey db here but uh, right i do remember oh, okay. some sort of front office uh may of may of 2003 he was hired as the gm of the canadians uh and he uh in 2006 he fired claude julian the head coach and then he stepped in as the coach on a sort of interim basis um I, I don't, I'm not sure which time around that was for Claude Julien as coach of the Canadiens. I feel like he's been coached like three times there. It's hard to say. Um, but of course, Claude Julien just coached Team Canada at the IIHF World Championships that took place over in Tampere, Finland. And uh, maybe let's uh, chat a little bit about that. Did you watch uh, any of the tournament? I tried to catch uh, as much as I could. Um... I didn't watch much of the other teams, mainly just tuned in for Canada. Um, It was nice to see uh, PLD and and Adam Lowry become, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, represent their country on on a stage like that. They, they both played great. I think PLD made it to the all-star team of the, of the tournament. Um, Yeah. I think he shared the lead in goals for the tournament as well. He played really well and uh, had a very passionate post-game interview oh, yeah. I um, yeah. where he uh i think the gist of it was he thought that it sucked yeah they lost <laughs> well, like one like it's got to be well that's disappointing obviously to lose but obviously uh, coming out of the season that the jets had like i'm sure a great performance at that tournament for lowry and pld maybe makes a less bitter taste in their mouths after the jet season. And, you know, I'm sure, sure. you know, it's like you go off to summer camp and you're making all new friends. Like (laughs) (laughs) is Adam Lowry and and Matt Barzell, are they buddies now? I don't know. Like, you know, I'm sure there's, and I'm sure they've kind of run into each other before at different tournaments growing up and all that stuff, but it's neat. It's got to bode well for their, um, for their stock, for their, you know, to, to come, for them to yeah have the season the Jets did where they missed the playoffs and everything for them to go over there. And they were both leaders on it. Like I think Lowry had an A on his Jersey. That's right. Um, you know, PLD uh, did at, too. 
Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. uh, you know, was the captain. And, and they played so well, mm-hmm. um, and then came up just a little short. Of course, if you missed it, listeners, the gold medal game happened, uh, this past weekend against Finland. It went to overtime. Um, there were two very kind of bogus referee like calls, um, that allowed Finland to win essentially. Uh, there was earlier in the game, Canada was up one, nothing. And, um, the Canada got called on a on a high sticking double minor, yeah, uh, which put exactly. them down on a five on three. Turns out, upon review, mm-hmm. the guy, the Finland player, high sticked himself, <laughs> yeah. and uh, Cole Sillinger got the penalty, uh, but it was like non reviewable or something. I guess I I don't know. There was a lot of confusion over the double IHF rules because. Apparently earlier in the tournament, there was a reviewed penalty that got overturned in the final. This one was not. Finland goes on to score two goals on that five on three uh, to take a two one lead. Canada comes back. They tie the game. They send it to overtime. Then in overtime, three on three, Tom, three on three for 20 minutes. It was so weird. And Canada completely owned the puck in in the three on three overtime. Um, you know, Finland did have a couple rush chances, but mostly Canada was playing puck possession. And then um, Finland's got it. Shabbat, the defenseman, had his stick across the front of the Finland player. Complete dive. Like, oh, big time. you watched that. The, st- the was- stick was there for like two seconds, and then the- he realized the stick was there, and then it's like he got shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was pretty bad. And the ref calls Shabbat for hooking. And then on the ensuing Goes power play, Finland scores. Uh, they win the gold medal. And it's in Tampere, Finland. The crowd is going nuts. It's kind of like good for them. You know, they played a great tournament, but what a way to lose. And as Pierre Luc Dubois said in his post game interview, uh, it sucked, <laughs> yeah. but actually so. re- rewind to the semifinals and uh, Willie Nylander, a friend yeah. of the show, <laughs> <laughs> he takes a penalty Canada versus Sweden. They go to three on three overtime. Uh, I think it's Drake Batherson uh, sees Willie Nylander is, is trying to play a little defense. And so Batherson goes right at him and uh, Willie gets the stick in the way and trips him. And Canada goes mm-hmm. to the power play and, and they score on the ensuing power play there. So yeah. um, I guess maybe Team Canada used up all their, uh, yeah. uh, you know, pass-go uh, opportunities or whatever that in yeah. Monopoly. But uh, ultimately, though, it was, again, it was neat to see, like, uh, you know, I don't know how, like, for the for some of the tournament, it was Lowry with Josh Anderson and that uh, a guy from Anaheim, uh, Comtois. Um, Max Comtois, yeah. Yeah, like it just need to see. Uh, I don't know what could be, you know, or with for the, the, the combinations of players, yeah. And you, you know what? It got me thinking yesterday too. Uh, after watching that, is like, you know, maybe Lowry, like he's been playing. He had he had a good season. He's he's kind of maxed himself out at like thirteen goals or whatever. But like, it's possible to see him as a twenty goal scorer. Oh yeah, and like he's- what that what that could do for the jets. Like, you know, he scored it, it on the could... power play yesterday. Yeah. So there's, there's <clears> some uh, potential there that he could, you know, maybe bring a little more offense to the jets this season. And I think for Pierre-Luc Dubois, the way that he played in the tournament and his status as an RFA right now with the jets, is just like, 
I mean, uh, as a Jets fan, I'm saying they they need to sign him eight years, eight million bucks, make it happen. Do not do the bridge deal one year at a time thing, whatever, because then he'll just be gone like Line A, Truba, um, Andrew Cop. you know, like yeah. it'll be the same situation where they just kind of end up getting priced out. They got to lock down Dubois right away because he is going to be the the one of the core pieces of this Jets team going forward. So, um, but yeah, no, it was a fun, I you know, that tournament, the double IHF Worlds, they, it gets overlooked a lot because it happens during the NHL playoffs. Um, but I, I enjoy, I like it. It's cool, you know, because it's kind of, it's almost a best on best mm-hmm. tourney, but you know, obviously you don't have Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews isn't there and Sidney Crosby, et cetera. But you know, it's a good opportunity to see some players who can make a case for if there ever is going to be a best on best again, which I think they said that they're working on a world, world cup, cup or something like that. So, you know, it's kind of an oppor- uh, uh, opportunity for them, for certain guys to showcase like, Hey, you know, I could be on team Canada. And I think Dubois, you look at him, you'd be like, yeah, I'd bring him on team Canada and imagine a team USA team Canada game, Dubois on Matthews, like how, Oh, How yeah. great would that be? Yeah, yeah. All those Toronto fans that hate Dubois right now, they just wait. Him playing for Team Canada against USA, they would yeah. be like, Dubois is the greatest. He's yeah. the greatest. <laughs> and it, like it's it's nice, like especially like you know the Jets are eliminated. You know we're still watching NHL playoff hockey, but it's you know nice to you know watch PLD and Lowry and other guys like in this format. Uh, it's also like Canada lost yesterday, and it's like ah. Big deal. <laughs> it's, well, exactly. It's, it's like, oh, it's not so bad. Like, but if it's Canada losing world juniors or the Olympics or something, then like that stings for a while, but yeah. you know, it's like, ah, oh, move on. And you know, yeah, it's the world champion. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's certainly like, I think, you know, Canada as a country, like as the, the hockey body or whatever, you know, you want to, you want to show well at all these tournaments, all at all these international tournaments, but certain ones take, higher precedence and i think the world's is a little lower on the ladder as far as you know caring about the outcome that said this is the sixth straight year that canada's either got a gold or a silver so not too shabby you know um i think it's kind of like like last year canada got gold against finland and this year finland beat canada for gold so kind of the way she goes but uh yeah like you say we've been we've been watching the playoffs um there's a big game tonight game seven Montreal, or, uh, Montreal. Uh, they're definitely not in the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> Montreal is uh, on the New golf York course and, right now. New York and Carolina game seven tonight. So uh, you gotta love game seven. It's taking place in Carolina, which the home team has won every game of this series so far. Uh, who do you like in tonight's? You gonna go home team, or what do you think is gonna happen? I think the Rangers are gonna do it on the road. I think they are. Yeah. I think they have to. Yeah. I think. Yeah. The, this is the night. This is the night the Carolina streak ends, hopefully. <laughs> but mainly yeah. for two reasons. Uh, Andrew Kopp, just he's playing great hockey, and it's nice to see. It hurts, you know, that he's not on the Jets anymore, but it's nice to see how, you know, his development from the Jets has basically turned him into, like, an ultimate playoff performer, and he's mm. he's like a, a factor every night pretty much. 
And also, uh, if they get to the third round, then uh, we get a Jets get another first round pick. So hopefully it comes to fruition here. Yeah, one more win and that second round pick turns into a first, which would would be a jump of, you know, 20 or 30 spots, really, because I think if it's a second round pick, it's kind of in the 40 to 50 range or something like that. You know, if it moves up to a first rounder, it's in that, you know, 20, 20 to 30 range or so. Um, so that'd be kind of nice, but, uh, yeah, I think I, I'm pulling for New York. You know, that said, I did realize after Edmonton beat Calgary to advance to the Western final, uh, I realized, Hey, if they make it through to the finals and Carolina on the other side makes it through to the finals, we could have ourselves a 2006, uh, redo of yeah. the Stanley cup finals where famously Carolina won their one and only Stanley cup against Edmonton in, in seven games back in 06. And, uh, I don't know if I want that to happen, but, uh, it could happen, but I think, I think I'd like to see New York pull it off tonight. Why not? Right. Well, let's, let's talk more about what happened in the second round, uh, after a song. So let's, sure. let, let's toss to, to one of the songs you got queued up here. Yeah, sure thing. Let's go with uh, Going Down by Freddie King. I heard this song on the Hockey Night in Canada uh, opening montage uh, of the Calgary-Alberta game, or Calgary-Edmonton game recently. So let's go with this real 70s blues rock riff spectacular.
All right, that was Freddie King with Going Down. Uh, yeah, like I said, I kind of heard that one on the opening montage of Hockey Night in Canada. Uh, I believe it was before game six of the uh, Calgary-Edmonton series. Uh, and then Ron McLean came in and said, yeah, they're going down the QE2 from Edmonton to Calgary. And uh, I don't know if you've ever driven that highway, but, uh, you know, give them a little slice of Alberta right through the right through the heart of the province there. Um, what did you think of that Battle of Alberta? Edmonton came out on top four games to one, which makes it sound like they kind of smoked Calgary. Was it a smoking or was it maybe a little closer than the series uh, victory ended up, do you think? Uh Ultimately, I didn't really mind who won. I didn't wasn't really cheering for anybody. I thought maybe Calgary would have the edge. I thought they'd be the deeper team, um, especially after that first game that was nine to six. That you know, yeah. Calgary really, they exposed the Edmonton goaltending, and maybe you know that kind of shook shook the Oilers a bit, and kind of you know they they basically all, they ultimately won the next four. Um, Markstrom turned out to be a human being, you know, like <laughs> with his seven yeah. or eight shutouts or whatever in the regular season, all that stuff doesn't mean a thing in the playoffs. And uh, Calgary just couldn't seem to get any consistent offense. And McDavid was McDaviding and so was Dreisaitl. And yeah, they, you know, like it looks like, you know, yeah, ultimately the Oilers controlled um, the series, the, the way that the series was played. Um, yeah, they played their game. They forced Calgary out of their out of the way that Calgary won. You know, Calgary had a great season, 50-plus wins. But Edmonton, you know, they won they won their games playing a certain way. And they do they did they do have some offense there. And uh, but it was a very sort of tight defensive game that the Flames played through the season. And and Edmonton got them to kind of get running around a little bit and totally expose them. And, and then, you know, aside from game one, Mike Smith was definitely the better goalie in that series. I think, you know, you can basically cut it down to, uh, yeah, Markstrom was human and uh, McDavid was McDavid. And Leon Dreisaitl had 17 points in that series. Yeah, he's the new record, right? For, Insane. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> also, like, you know, some notable moments. Um Mike Smith letting in that 140 footer from, from the other end. Like that was, yeah, that's kind right. of where I thought, okay, here we go. Now this series is going to shift. And like, cause yeah. that like Mike Smith ultimately is a bit of a wild card. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, and I, I, I like I'll, I wanted this series to go six or seven and just like for them to just beat up on each other. Like that's playoff hockey. Like yeah. it's a war, you know, and it just seemed like, there was no war. Like the war ended after game one, pretty much. Yeah. I thought it was a great series. I did. I really enjoyed it. Um, and, but yeah, like when you think of battle of Alberta from the eighties and whatnot, you know, there was a lot of bloodshed in those days. And then the NHL was just a different place, you know, to what it is now. Um, you just don't see that anymore. Uh, but yeah, I don't think there was even an, any, like, was there even one scrap? Well, like the Lucic on Mike Smith thing was maybe the most controversial kind right. of play with with some kind of <clears throat> repercussions there, like a little bit of scrapping. Um, yeah. But not, nothing really like, uh, 
like how nothing like gloves off let's go kind of thing like also yeah. like in round one like when matthew kachuk was going after uh klingberg there nonstop, right. like you know and he, klingberg dropped the gloves against uh uh who's their defenseman i can't think of his name right now but yeah just a little you know little tighter uh johnny gaudreau matthew kachuk seemed yeah, to kachuk kind of... was i mean aside from game one kachuk was uh kind of invisible for the flames yeah. and that that being said like you know maybe a shoulder injury or rib injury yeah. is something that really gets in the yeah. way um but you know here we are oilers versus uh mcdavid versus mckinnon uh yeah starting on it Tuesday. came out actually afterwards that zadorov the flames defenseman had three cracked or fractured ribs oh, I saw or something that. he's been playing with but, yeah actually um, one, one of the funniest things i saw from zadorov in this series was when mike smith gave up that long 140 40 footer or whatever Zadorov like went up to uh uh Mike Smith and he gave him like the the shakes like he got the jitters <laughs> you know like <laughs> I, I I like seeing like all those uh yeah kind of like mind games that that are getting played nothing dirty yeah. like no sticks you know in the uh you know where the sun don't shine or anything like that but just right. kind of like these little these little, little quirks yeah. yeah like to get in someone's kitchen I also yeah. saw um it was Braden Shen when Braden Shen uh, fed it to Cairo there on the two on one. It was, uh, and they, uh, Colorado ultimately won that game. Darren Helm, uh, um, we'll talk about that in a second. But I saw Braden Shen basically go right into uh, Grubauer's uh, kitchen and, and, you know, kind of <laughs> get in his face too. It's like, it's like at any edge you try and uh, yeah. try to get, right? Like whether it's chirping or, or something. Um, <clears throat> what about, uh, the, the no goal, the Blake Coleman kicking motion? What did you, oh, that's, that's what was your take on that? I think I would have called that a goal because of yeah. what we've seen as being called goals before. Like, and it yeah. was, it was called a goal on the ice. So then that means you need like you, what is to it, what, overturn it with definitive, definitive proof. evidence or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And to me, like it again it was like so borderline but like i forget was it like in one of our whatsapp chats like there's like previous goals from this season that are like blatant kicks and yeah. they were goals yeah. um yeah you like you hate to see like a series get decided on like a kind of a, a call that could go either way like it'd be nice if it was just like a breakaway and it was a goal like no matter what or something but i would have called it a goal i would have left it a goal but um, yeah yeah ultimately yeah i think when they, you know, there was one angle that they showed where it was like, that's a kicking motion, I guess. But then that kind of, it, it's such a fine line of like, what is a kicking motion and stuff? Because he was kind of like, mm-hmm. Coleman was basically on one foot. Like, so the skate that was on the ice is the one that did the kicking motion. And yeah. it's like, how's he kicking on one? How's leg he that kicking he's on? if that's his yeah. only foot? And yeah it's a tough call. So I think it could have gone either way. Obviously it was called a no goal. They overturned it. Um, and you know, I think the discussion from the sort of like hockey night panel was pretty good about that one, but, uh, the, the locker room discussion that we had, you know, at spring league afterwards, uh, Bieksa and Botterill are, the two sort of former players on that panel and both of them thought kicking motion, no goal. Um, but it was raised, uh, you know, at hockey the other night, 
the, both those players come from a different sort of era where like you couldn't even deflect us you know like if it hit your foot and went in it was like no goal like now you can redirect it with your skate you know you can yeah whatever and it's it's fine you just can't have a kicking motion so then it's like where does that where do you draw the line at what is a kicking motion and, and whatnot so and especially with the previous examples like that nate thompson one from the playoffs uh, i think it was in the bubble two years ago or whatever that was that's right yeah um yeah like that was very much a kicking motion. it's like yeah that's a yeah. kick whereas like you're right like this was just so borderline and yeah i i you know like you know, I it, ultimately the better team won. Like Oilers yeah. were going to win anyways. Yeah, whatever, I don't think but. I don't think Calgary lost the series because of that call. They might have won that game though. You know, if it had a, stayed as a goal, but we'll never really know. And then Connor <laughs> McDavid, he did the uh, OT winner like he does, and I mean, couldn't have been a more fitting guy to to score the OT goal, really. Uh, but uh, how much? Yeah, as far of, as, how much of the Colorado St. Louis series did you watch? You know, not a ton, really. Um, I caught a few games, uh, and I did miss the clinching game for Colorado because we were. I, I had hockey that I was playing myself, and then. Um, but I, you know, I what I saw of it, there were it, there were times when St. Louis actually looked pretty decent. That it was like eh, they got a chance here, but more often than not Colorado was just buzzing so much that it was like you know it just it was like nobody you can't stop them the only thing that Colorado I would say that makes me think they're mortal is their goaltender and it's not to say that Darcy Kemper is not even any good he is but he he's not like I don't think he can or has stolen a game for them really yet you know Right. It's, it's Kemper. I said Grubauer, but it's Kemper. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah. like if, if he can just kind of maintain and be, you know, steady, then that's really all the abs kind of need, I think. But, um, you know, St. Louis found a way to sort of get, get pucks down low and cycle a bit and use their size a bit down low and they've generated some offense that way but for the most part it was colorado just you know flying uh, yeah flying and it'll be nice to see yeah it'll be nice to see those two teams take on each other because of yeah. the speed that they have it's, um, it's yeah edmonton edmonton colorado i mean it's gonna be a quick series a quick as in like you know up and down the ice a bunch i think and which uh, will be entertaining <laughs> and like uh Guys like you know Kadri with the hat trick there. Uh, yeah, uh, McKinnon well, also he took had a Bennington out with that. I mean, was he pushed into the goalie? Yes. Did he did he barrel into the goalie as well? Sure. Um, but I mean, you know, kind of a freak play, I think. And then of course the backlash was a little bit uh, unnecessary and even you know disturbing. Uh, against Kadri about that, you know, and so kind of fitting that he ended up scoring the Hattie. Who, who are <laughs> like, you giving the edge to Colorado Edmonton? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm fully on the Oilers bandwagon now with them being the remaining Canadian team. Um, I'm going oil. I'm going to, 
I'm going to give the edge to Edmonton for sure. Oil in like a long series or you think I'll, just... I'll say like in six games. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of hoping for a, for a Tampa Colorado final, because I yeah. feel like that's the Colorado was the best team of the regular season. You know, yeah. Well, Florida was, but <laughs> you know, um, but it like, I want to see, I want to see those two teams take on each other. Uh, and lastly, we, you know, it's kind of the series that, was over so quick, you know, before it even started kind of thing, but, uh, Tampa made quick work of, of Florida and they've, uh, because they've been off for so long yeah, now. They, 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 uh, you know, they've working on their tans and whatever <laughs> else, but, um, were you surprised that Florida got swept? Yeah, I was. Um, cause I, th- I did, you know, I, I thought that was going to be a much more intense series, but Tampa just kind of schooled them. And it was like, this is how you win a playoff series, you know, and that um, there were two close games in that series, really. And then, um, but, you know, Tampa just knew how to win. And I just wonder about their layoff now, you know, they've been off for so long and this Rangers Canes series is going seven and, you know, whichever team comes out of that is obviously they'll have a day off again and it'll just be like, it has been every other day they're playing a game. Whereas, you know, uh, Tampa has been off for so long that said, maybe that's good for some of their injuries. Uh, Braden point has been out. He might be able to come back and play. I'm not sure really even what he's out with, but um, you know, it's a chance to rest up the, the weary bones and Tampa's played a lot of hockey over the last three years, what with being back-to-back cup champs. So they probably don't mind the break at all, really, you know, Um, chance to sort of reset and, regroup and away you go but it'll be a doozy for sure yeah and kucherov came to life this series i I watched every game and what well one thing i like basically i think game six and seven of the toronto tampa series i think kucherov was like battling the flu or something and he just didn't seem Mm. like himself in round one uh now he looks like yeah he's back to kucherov his his ways and and uh yeah, no Braden point for the whole series. And they still made quick work of, of the, of the Florida Panthers. It might be, you know, where's Giroux going to end up? Uh, is he kind of coming back to that team or where, where is he going to go? Yeah. Like they got some questions and maybe is, uh, is Brunette uh, given the head coaching job or, or maybe right. Barry Schrott slides in there or someone else. But, um, but yeah, anyways, nice to see Tampa because I kind of want to see that third cup because <laughs> that'll be something that we'll remember in 20 years. Like remember when Tampa Bay won, you know, back to back to back, like, yeah, those are, those are kind of neat memories. Yeah. And yeah, the players, the core players on those teams, mm-hmm. they'll go down in, in history as, you know, as legends, um, as you should after, if you win two, three cups in a row kind of thing. Um, yeah. It's uh, the, the, the mm-hmm. conference finals will be, will be entertaining as they always are some of the best hockey, I think, cause it's, you know, teams are laying it all on the line. Um, let's take a little break here. We'll throw to a song. This is the Sadies, their new uh, single from their upcoming album. This one's called cut up high and dry. Please God, let me be wrong this time. i 
All right, that was the Sadies with Cut Up High and Dry off their upcoming album that should be out in a couple of weeks here. We're going to toss to a little interview we did uh, last year with Sportsnet broadcaster Ken Reed. Ken's a uh, Nova Scotia boy from Pictou County. He'll tell you that pretty much every time he's on air. Um, but he's a hilarious guy and a really good hockey broadcaster and Sportsnet central host. He's uh, often seen there, but I had seen him uh, doing rinkside reporting a couple times as playoffs. Um, and uh, yeah, we had Ken on the show and we talked a lot of hockey cards. He's got a couple of books called hockey about hockey cards. Um, and so uh, we talked some hockey cards. So let's uh, let's just throw to that clip now. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on the other side. So, Ken, we've got a little uh, game we play on the show sometimes we play a couple games hockey card related one is hockey card war but it's kind of hard to do virtually uh, yeah. and that's how we record our show these days what with the yeah. pandemic and all the all other right. is, is something we call uh, five card draw okay and and this is like you take five cards of a theme or you uh, five cards randomly but uh, so what I've what I've got here I've got five cards on a theme and I I won't tell you the theme I want to see how I'll, I'll reveal them one by one. And basically okay, what sure. we do is we just riff on the cards. Sure. And that's the segment. <laughs> but, that uh, sounds fun to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Great. So, so riffing on the cards and I'll just see how, how many cards does it take you to maybe catch this theme or whatever. Sure. So okay. I'm going to lead with, uh, this is an upper deck 9192, uh, Louis DeBrusque. Yeah. Okay. It's probably color commentators from Sportsnet, Sportsnet broadcasting. <laughs> Go. He's oh, on it. One, baby. One. Yeah, I can't Love fool it. this guy. No. One. But yeah, yeah. Louis. Nice. Louis was see, Louis was a stylish guy too. Like if you got him without his bucket on back in the day, he had some yeah. flow going. Yeah. 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 He was and and uh, he's a big, big dude. Oh, and yeah. uh, you know, he was definitely a fear like I, I love uh I love the upper decks this series with the the seventy fifth anniversary of yeah. NHL. To me, yeah. That's the best year of hockey hair. Like every when they that have was a the good, yeah, right. Because the mullets were just in oh. the seventy, and, and yeah, and Louis is such a good color commentator, and like all top guys, one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. Like yeah. that's one one thing I've been so enjoyed about meeting guys over the years. All the kids you were just scared, all the guys you were scared of as a kid are the nicest guys on the planet. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So the next guy, Gary, you've already yeah. got the theme. Yeah, Gary, Gary Galley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. These, and this that's is the old handshake line with the whale there. He's, it exactly. looks like they lost that series, right? Just based on his look, doesn't it? Yeah. You know what? I meant to not. Google actually what, uh, you know, what the result of that series was. I never actually did. So I'm not yeah, sure. But... It looks like it must have been a big, long game. Gary yeah, looks he, pretty, pretty he's tired. tired there. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's ready to shake. See, that, shake would, make, that would make a great card to uh to ask about because that photo tells you something right we're already curious yeah. about that photo right like so that's the kind of card i would be curious yeah yeah because it's like what you, you look at it and you're like what is the story there and What's as a kid you mind, make up yeah. the story in your head because exactly you know, exactly <laughs> google wasn't around or whatever exactly so. and that, that was the other thing cool about doing the books is these cards i did have stories in my head like this bobby smith 83 84 his, his hands like this and i thought he's standing for the anthem that's right. Yeah. As a kid, and that, and that was ingrained in my head. And I eventually talking about the car, he's like, no, I had a pair of shoulder pads I hated, and everybody had to pull them down like that. He goes, why do you think the woman behind me in the picture, he's up against glasses and standing up, and I thought, you're a smart man. <laughs> never never thought of that. Yeah. You're smarter than I am. Okay, so the next one I got, this is a Topps uh, 1990. Millsy. Millsy. And that's, 
Yeah. Greg Millen. And look when at I the pads see, on yeah, that those are guy. Oh, yeah. pads. Those were yeah. the pads full of air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were. And when I see Millsy on Chicago, all I picture is him going up and down the bench after Mike Keenan pulled him patting guys on, on the rear. That's what I think of him. And I actually did a game with Millsy in Chicago. And we went in the back door of the arena. And, this, and Millsy's such an engaging guy. The security guard at the arena, he's so excited to see Greg. He's been a security guard there since Greg played for Chicago. So this is going on 25 years, and he's still pumped to see Greg in that 30 years. That's how nice of a guy Greg is. You know, just <laughs> he makes connection with people. It's pretty awesome. Uh, so the next one I've got here is the aforementioned Kelly Rudy. However, mm-hmm. this one is, I believe, he must have just got traded to the Kings because right. his he doesn't have the uh, helmet painted yet. Yeah, and that's his Islanders gear. That's his that's Islanders like setup too. Yeah. Those are Islanders pads and blockers. Yeah, good yeah. observation. So yeah, yeah, um, that's true. White Jofa, the the Archer's Urbe. Kelly was Archer's yeah. Urbe before Archer's Urbe was. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I I just I like you say like Kelly Rudy was always a favorite. So uh, stylish that yeah. hair, the bandana. Yeah. Wonderful and man. Even these yeah. days, you know, on Hockey Night in Canada, he's always looking so good. Oh um, yeah, wonderful guy. Yeah, that's yeah. like that's the joy. That's what's so weird about being in this studio and having this gig is the guys whose cards I collected I you know yeah I, I, not, they know my name now it's weird you know yeah like it must be pretty surreal I guess yeah eh? it still is yeah but yeah. I, and I like to keep that you know I, I feel like I belong I know I belong but I still like to keep that kind of child like wow this is cool because that yeah. makes you want to come to work every day well for sure hey eh? yeah and so yeah. the the last one is uh Simmer Craig Simmer. Simpson and so, that's a beautiful oh yeah uh, i'm pretty sure that's the uh, no bucket warm-up right that's there. no bucket warm-up yeah good yeah. flow uh handsome man my cousin my cousin jan had a crush on simmer when she was 16. my <laughs> mom who is a super kind person somehow got through the edmonton Oilers pr and in the mail arrived an 8x10 for my cousin jan signed from craig simpson and jan thinks it's hilarious that i work with craig simpson <laughs> That's amazing. All right. So uh, we're back. We're going to talk a little bit now about uh, a little survey that was done by the Winnipeg Sun. Every year they do one kind of uh, after the season ends uh, about the fans' general sort of feelings on some issues that are uh, front and center with the Winnipeg Jets. So this, uh, this year, obviously, um, you know, the big question is Barry Trotz. Uh, will he, won't he become the next head coach of the Winnipeg Jets? So um, the survey kind of overwhelmingly thought he was the guy that should be. Um, and the, the survey was split 50-50 as to whether or not Shevel Dayoff should be the man making the sort of decisions going forward. But it was overwhelmingly that Trotz should be the next head coach of the Winnipeg Jets. What do you think? Do you think he's going to be? No, I don't think he is. <laughs> yeah. Plain and simple. I just, I like, I think the longer this goes on, he's going to just explore more options. And I think something better is going to like, I, I could see Barry Trotz going to Florida or, or something like that. I, yeah. I, you know, you now hear like Tortorella has been interviewed by um, Philadelphia like another like Claude Julian doesn't really get mentioned too much. Like in the Jets yeah. talk, he's on this list, but he's not really mentioned. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just I, I have a feeling Barry. Tr- or there's also, I guess, chatter that Barry Trotz wants to go back to Nashville and take kind of like a front office job or something. But yeah, yeah. On, honestly, I th- I feel like if 
he was coming to Winnipeg, it just would have been, they would have shook hands on last it week and, and it would have been already happening. I like, yeah. I feel my gut instinct is that the longer this goes on, the less chance there is. And we're, we'll likely get Vino, someone like, you know, something like that, I think. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's what I feel. What do you think? He's trots coming here. I mean, yeah, it's tough to say. Uh, I, I, I would like to see it. I think just, as almost every other Jets fan would, I think it'd be a great fit. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it seems like there's maybe too many other options. And if it, and if we were, then they probably already would have, you know, announced it and said, yep, he's our guy kind of thing. Um, you know, there's, there's definitely some other names out there like Randy Carlisle and of course, like, uh, Pascal Vincent, former moose moose coach, um, and, uh, you know, there's, there's lots of, um, names circulating, but trots is the big one. And I think the one that most people want to see, um, other questions that were from that, uh, survey, um, they thought <clears throat> aside from Pierre-Luc Dubois, who was overwhelmingly selected as somebody that Jets fans want to see re-signed, um, what RFAs would you resign? So there's Svechnikov, Appleton, Harkins, Veselainen, Gustafson, Jeff Malott, Leon Gowanke, Kovacevic, a couple other dudes who are like, you know, whatever. But um, Mason Appleton, 78% of people thought they should resign Appleton. Mm-hmm. Only 16% thought they should resign Christian Veselainen. And actually, it was announced Veselainen is heading back to Sweden. Yeah, he's he's going overseas. Yeah. Do you think he ever sees uh, like he's the NHL I, I, again, or it could be similar to um, what's the guy there on 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 Edmonton who left? Oh, Pujarvi. Pujarvi there. Yeah, maybe he just needs some some uh, experience elsewhere, and he'll work his way back to the league. But that's I think that's a bit of a stretch. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you, uh, of that list, are there any RFAs that you would say the Jets got to, got to resign, got to make sure that they're coming back like Svechnikov or Harkins Appleton? I would say Gustafson. He's on the list there. Yeah. Gustafson. Uh, yeah. I think, yeah, at this point it's like, it's a, you know, blank, blank slate. Like just, uh, yeah. Mason Appleton isn't going to make or break this team. Neither is no. Jansen Harkins or whatever. But yeah. I don't know. Like, in you know, aside from PLD, maybe Ehlers, uh, Kyle Connor, and Hellebuck, I think everyone else is is can be traded or or let go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and one last thing before we throw to our song on the way out. Forty three percent of survey respondents gave a D, the letter D grade to the Winnipeg Jets season. Twenty four. percent 0.9% gave it an F 23.2 <laughs> gave it a C. So it was like, there's no A's 0% A. Yeah. Yeah. No, it'll be is either C D or an F. Where do you, where do you fall? What What's your letter grade you'd give? Yeah. I'd say like a C or a D like there was like, alt, like Kyle Con. like there's some bright spots and, and like see, seeing Pierre Luc Dubois, um, you know, Eric Comrie, I guess, whether or not he comes back or not, like there was some, bright spots that would, I think, you know, maybe a C minus I'd give, give it yeah. in there. It was still disappointing, but there was still some positives. 
Nice. All right. Well, I'll go D plus C minus <laughs> D plus. Uh, that's it for talking hockey, the hockey talking show this week, folks. Thanks so much for tuning in. We uh, love having you each and every week here on UMFM 101.5. Download our show as a podcast, rate it, review it, uh, tell your friends. And uh, yeah, keep your stick on the ice as we go out. We're going to get a song from past guest and uh, local beer league goaltending legend Pip Skid. This is his new tune called Cop Chopper. Uh, see you next week. Safe or they complain and noise the worst. That bird don't fly on the birds. <laughs>